It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. The Nature and Countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. And a warm welcome to season 10, where we explore history and mystery in the British landscape. So that means walking in ancient lands, unearthing forgotten myths and legends, and even stumbling across a few tales of the supernatural. And as ever, we'll be enjoying encounters with wildlife along the way. My name is Fergus Collins, and I'm the host of the podcast. And with me is my dog Idris, who's currently nosing around the gravestones here because I'm currently sitting in the churchyard of St Peter's in Llamanarth in Monmouthshire and the dog and I are enjoying a few minutes' quiet contemplation. I've been coming here a bit more often, especially since I met up with an old friend to talk about the stories and hidden histories you can uncover in graveyards like this. Sarah Williams is editor of Who Do You Think You Are magazine and recently she took me to a stunning little church on the River Severn in Gloucestershire for a morning of detective work among the tombstones revealing some of the hidden tales of the people who lie buried there. So sit back and enjoy a little bit of countryside detective work in episode 11 of our Histories and Mysteries season. Oh, and please do leave likes and reviews on whatever podcast provider you use. It's a really big help to us. I'm standing on a small hill, looking out west over the River Severn. It's a sunny day. A little bit breezy, but one of the kind of last tendrils of summer feeling its way into autumn. And on this hill is a church and a churchyard. Most spectacular setting uh, with a view out across the River Severn. Big and brown, this huge river at this stage, probably a mile across. And on the far banks of the river rise the the wooded hills of the Forest of Dean. And in the foreground, between where I am and the river, it's just a patchwork of ancient fields, really, little hamlets. 
But the most impressive thing is this church. It's sitting almost like a little castle on its own mot, surrounded by a churchyard full of crosses and headstones, which many are leaning over with age. I'm just walking past a big square tomb. There are arched tombs, oval tombs, double tombs, some which look like they're made of posh marble, covered in lichens, ivy. This is a mysterious place. There are stories here, not just the church, but everywhere in this churchyard. But I don't know these stories, so I'm waiting for an old friend of mine who does know some of the secrets of this place. Aren't we lucky? We've lucked out here. Beautiful sunshine, clear views. This is amazing. The weather forecast was terrible. (laughs) We thought we'd plough on anyway. Well, where have you brought me? This is just incredible. So this is St. Arildus Church. St. Arildus Church. Near Oldbrion 7, in Oldbrion 7. And it has the most fantastic views. It's up on a hill and it's just amazing, isn't it? Lovely, beautiful little church. Incredible. I... Didn't know this existed. Unseasonal chiff chaff. So we are the around about the twentieth of mid. We're mid September, mid to late September, and there's a chiff chaff calling on its way, presumably on its way out back to Africa. Well, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, because if anyone has credentials for exploring graveyards <laughs> it's you um, oh yes I uh, love to uh, hang around in graveyards for I, sure I, mean, I, don't mean, <laughs> I brought my garlic with me um, so you are editor of Who Do You Think You Are magazine that's what right what does that entail so basically um, we're there for people who want to explore their family history um, whether or not you've been inspired by the TV series it's really there to show people what records there are out there and you know how to understand those records because it's not just nowadays you know people think oh genealogy that's just a, some tree going back centuries with just birth marriage death so and so begat so and so and um the the richness of material that is now being digitized can be looked up online and and our sort of easy access to discovering about social history and how people lived you know, it's much easier to actually build what we would now call a family history. You know, all those stories that you can discover. You know, it's not just dry documents. It's it's really sort of stepping in the path of your ancestors. Yeah. And for many people, that's a big ho- well, hobby. More than a hobby, it's a sort well, it of, is uh, a life, hobby. Life I mean, but it it's yeah. it's really it's fulfilling in a very sort of deep way. I mean, for some people, you know, it can really help heal actually family rifts or, or or a lack of you know a sense of who they are if it really is the who do you think you are that can really give people a sense a grounded sense of belonging and I think that's one of the really rich things that family that history can do. really interesting because I've always assumed people searching deeply into family history hoping to find some sort of nobility or something. Yes sort of, uh, I mean that's fun but do you know yeah. what um, a lot of our and, and anyone who's um, you know watched the, the TV series some of the richest stories come from the more tragic ones so so yes uh, you well, know the, hum- my, the humbler, the humbler and, uh, and unfortunately people from a humbler background are often most recorded when something goes goes wrong so uh, you know there's workhouse records prison records um, all sorts of stuff like that Um, but you know there's it's still lives they're all still lives worth living and exploring fantastic well um, and one way then of 
and you've talked about lots of documents that you can go to archives and all sorts of things around the country and, and your magazine is a fantastic portal if you're interested in that but we're here looking at a sort of more physical document the <laughs> gravestone yes um, yes uh, well I, I, again going back to the tv series anyone who's who's watched it will see how many times they bring the celebrity to a gravestone usually at the end of the episode where the the, the celebrity has really got to understand that person and seeing that final place of rest can be really moving i mean it, it can really be the cherry on the top of the cake yeah yeah good tv as well <laughs> and it's, good, it's good tv but yeah. I, I mean i would say grave i, I love graveyards and mm. they don't have to have my ancestors in them i love them anyway mm. and i mean i've we've pulled you up here I, well, I've I, just, have, I, just, I have grave expectations <laughs> oh I dear so, but you know anyone you you know a lot of your listeners they'll be walkers and uh, yes. loads of walks take in a graveyard they or they take in or you pass by a church i would always say step inside have a look at what's there because I don't know, I think it, it connects you physically to that geography, to where you are. To the locality. Yeah, yeah it okay. does. I think that's, and we should reassure people that you can, you are allowed to step into, unless there's a huge <laughs> sign saying keep out, you are allowed to come into a church, churchyard. I mean, this one does say no dogs, but um, it, this is part of everyone's heritage that we have this connection, as you say. So, yeah, come yes. in and have a look. Yes, absolutely. So this and is a, uh, yeah. I've, yes, I've pulled you up here. I, I, I only want to show you, obviously, a lot of um, graves, stones have some quite obvious imagery, like you get cherubs with wings showing you. Sometimes that's children. Sometimes they just like cherub, winged cherubs to sort of show your sort of ascent up to heaven. Um, and you'll get things like hourglasses, you know, suggesting that time is short. Oh, right, <laughs> Make yeah. the most of it. Yeah. Um, and trumpets you get, just uh, sort of announcing that the, 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 the all these bodies will rise They're again. They're on their way. Yeah. <laughs> they will rise again when the yeah. when the um, you know the trumpet sounds. But here, I rather like this one. So um, this one's tilting over quite quite considerably. It's really tilting over, and sadly has suffered a lot of damage from ivy that's pulling away. It's very hard to read. So the words at the bottom, almost totally illegible, but we can look at the image. It's beautifully carved, and there's a snail, which yeah, <laughs> is rather, spiders all over. Is rather enjoying the image here. So we've, uh, we've got a woman praying. She has risen out of her grave. Um, safe to assume that is her sort of tomb, and she's, she has risen up. And on one side... There's like celestial light. There's celestial down. light, yeah, yeah, that's right, calling her. Heavenly. Yeah. And we can see, we can't really read all the words, but we can certainly see that there's a few people mentioned. And you will obviously find that in a lot of these stones. They were used, uh, the whole family plot, and that people would be added... Uh, and extra names carved on but um, this one has got um, on the left there's a weeping willow I mean it just looks like a tree but it was normally a weeping willow you can imagine the sort of tragic feel that a weeping willow has so if you see a tree that's usually what it's supposed to be um and it's got a branch has broken off that's very not damaged yeah, yeah it's not damaged from the been, ivy um, been carved, it's been cut it? off yeah, very sad and looking branch actually. it is it's a very cast it is yeah. it is weeping definitely yeah. weeping so that's been cut off and and that that will be uh, saying that someone died young you know before their time and you'll see that symbolism 
um, right. with all sorts of things. You have a pillar that's cut or a, a, an arrow sometimes that's broken. Things that are cut or broken, that is someone ending... Before their prime. Before yeah. their prime. So that will, you know, sad. we've lost those words really, yeah, but yeah. we can see in the imagery. And then on the right, you've got these lovely three wheat sheaves proudly standing up (laughs) yes yes they're not weeping at all uh and again you know we've lost a lot of the words you can't see them very clearly but wheat uh sheaves of wheat very symbolic of a of a rich life well lived that has reached sort of harvest time so um you know that's kind of the opposite so i would assume that i can't read it that there'll be three people in this family who reached a good ripe old age you know something like 60 or <laughs> so, so we've got three people who made it and one yeah poor and one and one p- poor person who oh. who didn't make it well that's lesson one in reading gravestones <laughs> um there are loads of graves here i mean we've got in front absolutely of us lots of those single sort of i mean there are so many different shapes of arches and squares but and lots of these vaults. are grave slabs and then these vaults these yes square ones yes so yes you know, so the good the worthies the rich and worthies in the area you so, know you want to have something so these are expensive pieces of absolutely grave kit as status well. symbols yeah. and you have different them. panels you know to to remember different members of the family yeah, this one's just 15 years old when this, this person died. Yeah. Uh, Oliver, the death of... You'll see a lot of that. Yeah. And interesting to say, of this tithing, so mm. that's going back to that whole idea of a parish being funded by the tithe, that sort of 10% that, that farmers and everyone had to give, really, towards to the upkeep the, of the, to the parish. To the church. Wow. Yeah. I mean, let's. I mean, we've just talked about the church. We know we're going to look at some more graveyards. Oh, yes. We're right beside the church. We are. St. Arildas. Yes, yeah. indeed. What can you tell us about <laughs> this? I mean, it's got, a, it's got a tower, it's got various sort of naves and apses and things. It's, yeah, it's and obviously, and, Sa- and Saxon origins. I mean, this wonderful location, I suspect, pre Saxon origins. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm this, sure it will. Is this know. a natural hill here? Yes. Well, yeah, so it's not a kind of. No. Not built special, not no, dug up no. Okay. And um, it is a knoll, really. a, knoll. <laughs> yeah. a knoll with a view. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's dedicated to a Saxon saint, Saint Orelda, uh, and there's there's only two churches in her name, and the other one's just a few miles away. So very much of this area a and local saint for local a lo- people indeed a local saint for local people and in fact her her body was uh, removed we're not quite sure from where and taken to uh, once she was performed once miracles were being performed in her name uh, she her body was moved to Gloucester Cathedral so that they could get the you know the monks there the abbey there could could get some of that uh, you know Revenue. Revenue <laughs> right, okay. from the saint seekers so that they used here. to be. Uh, so uh, she's not here, but... There's uh, a sign on the door that says, back in five. Um, <laughs> but she's, um, she so was she... a local lady, a local virgin who said no and was suitably beheaded for her intransigence. Really? <laughs> yeah. And that was in Saxon times? Well, then. yes. There's no other... There's very little evidence oh. of her. Right. Um, but of, until, I think the miracles started to to 
come in in the sort of 14th century right. so when yeah, the cash started to come in yeah. from the pilgrims. We need a few quid. <laughs> People would, I mean, let's but, not be cynical about that. <laughs> no, but she, she was uh, some uh, Saxon lady. Sure. and But they're very proud of her here. And actually, her saint's day in June, they come and um, they actually count fireflies in the ground. So they get fireflies in this area. Oh, really? Well, I... I'm just looking around. This, there was a sign at the entry to the churchyard saying no cut or they don't cut the grass here. And it's really wild. The, the, some, some graveyards that I've been to locally where, where I live in, in South Wales so moan to, to the finest degree every kind of week. This is wild. I mean, you can feel it when you're treading around. It's sort of uneven. Under yeah, the, yeah, careful with your walking. The insect life. There's a grasshopper on this. Well, that's not oh, a grasshopper, yes. that's a fly. Uh, but there was a grasshopper there. There was a hornet buzzing around down here. And when we looked at that gravestone, there were uh, five species of spider, three species of snake. I mean, what I'm saying is, <laughs> it's like a little safari. And you, you come in spring, and the wild flowers here, I've come in here in mm. spring, and the wildflowers are amazing. It's absolutely carpet of of all sorts of, of wildflowers. So definitely gem. worth absolutely. exploring. Well, thank you for showing me. I mean, there's lots more things. So this isn't an original Saxon church, is it? No, it's not. And there's a bit of a sad story. There are bits, uh, so this tower's old, but you can see bits of, you know, what looks newer, doesn't it? Yeah, what yeah, yeah. And what, what happened was they decided to... Uh, restore the church um, in the sort of uh, in the 19th century and uh, just sort of mid restoration or just as they finished something caught fire they don't really know what happened but the whole church by the time the villagers realized and I mean this is one of the things it's not a church set right in the heart of a village this no. there is it, it, it the village is down the bottom of the hill that's Oldbury is, isn't it Oldbury on seven yeah. uh, which is great and we can chat about that because that has its own little harbour but this is up on a hill and so by the time they saw the smoke uh, it was too late and so um, a lot of it had to be rebuilt but it, it still looks like your quintessential English parish church. It really does it's got a square tower it's got a sort of pinkish stone which is quite interesting. Um, and you, I mean you can see those gargoyles are obviously old all of this tower yeah. is the original so would it? So the original Saxon church would have been rebuilt in medieval times. Yes, and this is absolutely. really this is more like how the this medieval is medieval church. church yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. Um, just going under some a holly, incredibly laden with berries, <laughs> and um, and now we're getting more of the view. So we're walking around to the well, the entrance to the church, but you can see out across the estuary. These little farms below us, and then the old Seven Bridge. It's rather a fantastic um, secret spot, this. And you look the other way, and you've got an old um, nuclear power plant. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a beauty. But, you know, what I love oh, about this, and there's a lovely walk that, that you can come down through here, down to the estuary and round. Mm. This is a walk I do when I need open vistas. Sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes you want a woodland walk, sometimes... You know, you can have all these different kinds of walks, but when I want open space and an mm. open view, I come here. This is where you come. It's very peaceful. And, you, I mean, I know that we're sort of sandwiched between the river and the motorway, but... You can't, you can't, you can't hear, hear the motorway. No. Beautiful. Right, so we're right at the entrance, and this... 
Oh, yeah. we're going to go around. Oh, yeah, again. I'm okay. going to... Oh, I'm taking around so, the churchyard. So it's too sunny to go inside. It's going to be a bit windy around here, but we will... Because we're quite exposed. That's the thing, we're on a hilltop. Oh, look at this. Just a, just a cross on a discreet slab of... So, what, what we've got here... Uh, tucked away is a fun little bit of Old Beyond Seven history because you wouldn't notice. So we, we've got this coffin, tomb, sort of coffin shape with a quite with a low. Cross. It's like it's one of low. those vaults, but yeah, yeah. sort of but had smaller. Its, legs it's not off, quite yeah. such a lot of money's been spent on it. Yeah. And round the edge, it's got lead lettering, yeah. uh, much of which has fallen off. So if you were just walking through this, you would never spot this, but person buried here came from Russia. Oh, yes, the word's Russia, born in Russia. Does it say born yes, in Russia? that's right. Oh. So he's from Dorat uh, in Russia. And the story goes that he was um, a Russian, Russian nobility. Uh, Russian nobility, okay. And he came on a boat, turned up out of the blue, uh, in the tiny little estuary there, and stayed at the Anchor Inn. This is sort of... In Aldbury. Uh, in Aldbury uh, for a while. And he ended up marrying quite a wealthy girl, actually, and ended up renting Thornbury Hall. Now, they haven't managed to find out much about him. So, so his name was George... Joseph Denisov Strom, uh, and they wonder if he left Russia after the, the Decemberist Revolt of 1825. Oh, right, so which, this is really old. So yeah. We're not talking 20th century. No, this oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, this yeah. is really old. And uh, he died 1876. Yes, it's uh, just a six on the Yeah, you can just, yeah. yeah, you have to put your fingers over the gaps to be yeah, able to yeah. see what's you said. See the seven, which yeah, is, yeah. is really, um, you know, and it, it's wonderful you wouldn't know that was there here's this little person you know this person from russia yeah. who has came over by boat and ended up at albury on seven um what he brought with him i don't know because he must have had enough to end up renting he, i don't he owned thornby hall but he was certainly um oh, what a stayed tale. there he did well he landed he landed he, he landed and what he thought of here who knows well he's anchored here for good now but um <laughs> he certainly is. And there's these sort of lichen-encrusted crosses and tombs everywhere. But that just shows what you said there, pays to spend a bit of time um, just having a look at these things. And, and just really having a little... Trying to piece together some of these stories. And the other thing I love to do, uh, I, I love looking at the sort of family names and then you get a feel. Robert Cumley. Yes, so lots, as you walk around, there's quite a few Cumleys. He had a Cumley wife. Yes, wife of the above. He there's, called his son Robert. There's no shortage of, of Cumleys around here. Yeah. So she outlived him. She almost outlived her son. He died two years after she died. And here is, uh, so we've got a lovely little poem here. So this is 1812. Uh, death is the common fate of all. He... <laughs> oh, I can't. It is hard to read. Yeah. He spareth neither. neither great nor small. The old 
the old, the young, the rich and poor. He hath them all. <laughs> through mm. the door. Through the door. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but yes, I mean, it's all wonderful. Um, oh, it goes on, doesn't use it? Use no delay. Uh, and prepare to die. For time. time is short and swiftly flies. Wow. Yeah. Well, don't miss out on this church and churchyard. That's, <laughs> <laughs> don't miss out on the Countryfile podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it That's is. Quite a, well, he was only 28, this one. Yes, yes. Um, so. And would have been, you know, could well have been the, the heir, you know, that you'd be the yeah. comely family expecting him to be the sort of next one and something's taking him off something's um, him there's these lovely decorations in the corner I and mean, just the more you look at these tombs you've really opened my eyes up because i've been looking at all the insects and things but there's <laughs> just as many absolutely i mean this one has a fantastic view um <laughs> yes ruth taylor, ruth taylor wonderful view 1903 late of olverston which is a village near here 1903 now that is a tomb with a Tomb with a view. Tomb with a view. Oh, the best view. Oh, you've been waiting for that one. I know. But does. you can also see how people. Uh, she. They obviously thought they might be adding. Oh, they've left loads so of space. So you leave yeah. space, and then as other people come, uh, and that never, never quite materialised. Is that little harbour down there, little marina? Yes, that is. Gosh, yeah, so and you that's can Albury. walk down. Well, no. Uh, well, uh, the Aldbury on Seven, the actual harbour, yeah. that's the end. Uh, comes in actually a bit higher up, actually. Oh, and it's, oh, no, it does it down. still come in today? Well, no, no it's, a a bit, it's a bit of a creek, really, right. but you still have the anchor in next to it. Oh. And so one of the things we think of as our rural ancestors, we sort of imagine that they were sort of what we call ag labs, agricultural labourers. Mm. Uh, you know, they just all worked on farm, gathering the crops, milking the cows. Um, but of course, as well as things like blacksmiths, people like that that would support the community, you know, you had industry. Um, so here... They had brick making so that they could, because From and the they, clay, and the, they had the, the clay. Yeah, because you could see the clay on absolutely. the cliffs over there at Ost. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was really good for that. But also, uh, and this, you know, brick making was quite an early industry here. Uh, you had this harbour that you could then transport the bricks all over the place. So a lot yeah. of brick making. So you'll see that sort of, int- uh, you know, stuff if you look into and the And the harbour is all here. silted up now. And the harbour is That's all silted up. But the Anchor been... Inn is still open. Good, good. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> now this one. All right, so we're descending. Still got a wonderful view, but we're right at the bottom of the churchyard. This is covered in these huge, great, crusty lichens. Yes. In fact, most of the tombs have some crusty lichens. This is particularly good. Good, I'm liking the lichen. Well, this is John Thomas. I'm in memory of John Thomas. So I love this. um, It's a great arched tomb. Tomb. Yeah. Well, well, I said I was literally. You know, you just walk along and. I'm afraid this is very childish of me. So John Thomas always, yes. one of the <laughs> always great, one stops of the great you in your tracks. <laughs> you go, oh, John Thomas. In loving memory of John who, Thomas. You know, person who died. But um, you, what you, very hard to read here, but his uh, wife, Mary Ann, who fell asleep. This is one of the, uh, yeah, husband died, but she, she just fell asleep. Yeah. And um, what I love is after her name, 
it said, uh, she hath done what she could. <laughs> How generous. Which I thought was, I, I thought it was such a sort of, um, she hath done what she could. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded sort me, of... Mealy mouth. Me, so, rather mealy mouth. And again, very hard to see here. But um, no, no, this is so. This is her son, Edwin Thomas, and he fell in France 1916. Oh, so, and I, I can't him. But not the Edward Thomas. Edwin. Edwin Thomas. Oh, Edwin Thomas. Edwin, yeah. <laughs> you have to scratch off all this like and it's really hard. And it's great that, you know, people oh, have goodness. recorded these names. So, you've, so father, so, mother, and. She son. died, uh, she died in the 20s. But what I, I thought, this is bringing in the family history here. I felt a bit sorry for Mary Ann Thomas being remembered as someone who did what she did what she could. But um, so she died in uh, 1925. So I thought, well, I'll look her up on the 1911 census. Oh, well so I've, I've got that here. Uh, we're going to do a little it. tribute to Mary Ann Thomas. Yeah. So in 1911, obviously, she's a widow and she's living with her daughter, Kate, who has married someone called Hector Knapp, who is a fisherman in Oldbury on Severn. Uh, so they're looking after her in 1911. So I thought, well, let's find her in 1901. So of course we do our census every 10 years and that's been uh, going on for quite a while. So as family historians, you can use the census. It's great to find people out. Again, Mary Ann Thomas, she's still living with her sister, Kate, um, and his husband, who's a, uh, a fisherman, and it says supported by family. So that was, they were... She was living with her sister. Uh, daughter, uh, her daughter. Her daughter. Her daughter. Sorry, yeah. Daughter. So she's living her, with her daughter. Uh, so I can go back, absolutely, I can go back another 10 back years. 1891. So her husband is still alive at this point, and he's a house decorator. Okay. And they're living in Alverston, which is, is nearby. Um, but she was born, and she, she marks that she was born here. Um, and they've got a son, Frederick, who is a painter, a son, Hubert, who's a tailor, daughter, Kate, who she ends up living with at school, and Edwin, who we know died in 1916, is a scholar. Yeah. And only Edwin is mentioned here. The others have made their own lives and... Uh, uh, their own families. Buried elsewhere. Yeah, and buried elsewhere. And then 1881, we can go another 10 years back. Uh, and what I loved here, they're in Old Beyond Seven, so people moved about. Yeah. You know, you didn't just, so they're back in Old Beyond Seven, or they're in Old Beyond Seven, and husband is a painter, and Mary Ann is a shopkeeper. So she's oh. done what she can. She was the shopkeeper in Old Beyond Seven. Which I feel this the little yeah, you know it yeah. didn't quite yeah you know, she did her bit. Mean, whoever, whoever I I wondered here. about that and 1871 again they're there and it goes all the way back and then eventually you know you can find her baptism record and this is in Oldbury this is a, a page from the Oldbury parish register. So that'll be the, yeah, yeah, that'll be the parish. This is all online. Oh, really? So all the, uh, a lot of the Gloucestershire parish registers have been digitised there on Ancestry. Um, uh, and, you know, so it's much easier now. This is why family, you can come to, a, you know, a, a graveyard and you can look people up. I, I did this, you know, it took me an hour to just find all the things and, and, and find her. And here, you know, here she is. So she's Mary Ann Allen at this point, born in Oldbury, uh, and her father is uh, a waterman. 
Right, so he probably operated out of the little yeah, harbour in Yeah, and Aldrich. he would have... Well, yeah, absolutely, that's what he would have been doing. And you look at the church thing, and right at the top of the page, look, there's a Cumley. We looked yeah. at the rich Cumleys with their huge vaults. Yeah. But when it comes to coming to church and being baptised, the they are all the same, and they are all... And you see these family names repeating. Yeah. The Day family, the Allen family. It's all interesting the locals. that the, this rather mealy-mouthed inscription would yeah. obviously you know, her husband died before her yes. so he didn't write that yes it must have been her children yes yeah she did what she could she did what she could <laughs> she wasn't Good great but, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she's a busy shopkeeper but she was a busy shopkeeper yeah. oh, well, that, well that's lovely you begin to start to feel some of her story and uh... so we're going into the porch and obviously get that lovely echoey sound no wind in here and all oh, the parish notices. Yeah. Fresh flowers. And there's a flower identification chart in here, um, which is lovely. So I love this. I look out for glowworms. There's all this um, appreciation of the nature among the tombs. Absolutely. Life and death together. And then I always love the sound of ah. the wonderful church sort of knocker and turning it. Can you get in? Oh yes, excellent. So we're entering the St. Arundel's. It feels a lot bigger than it looks from the outside. I'll just close the door. So, so just some massive ironwork on the door. And it's all quite modern inside. Modern pews and Well late Victorian. Oh, right. Okay, yes. <laughs> I would well, say. Very well kept then. Yes. I think all the pews I'm used to are sort of carved with naughty kids' initials. <laughs> so what, what can we... And they share this space now with other groups worshipping, you know, so it's a community space, I suppose you could say. Right. But it's obviously... It's quite simple, isn't it? There's very yeah. few adornments, but it's very peaceful. Churches always are. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel uncomfortable they feel they're not allowed but if a church is unlocked they are saying you know come in here for some peace and quiet if they don't want you there they lock the door yeah. it's as simple as that and i think you know it can be a real haven and a, just a quiet spot isn't it and the light coming through these very simple stained glass windows i mean they're not it's only just the borders are, are stained uh, and with the, these views all around it is it's fantastic. You can shelter from the rain if it's... I mean, we've yeah, got a beautifully I, sunny day, but... Um, well, I think on a walk, this sort of having this moment of peace or a bit I of rest so. and reflection. And as is you this, said, amazing is, it, is this St. Uh, so here she is, uh, in a stained glass. She has a long quill. That's so, is yes, it? that's her palm of sainthood. Oh, OK. So if all saints... One of the little perks of being a saint is you get to hold a palm. Right, so that marks you out as a saint. That marks you out, and you can see where her head was stuck back on after it was she was beheaded by the bad monkeyus, a tyrant, Saint Arold, virgin, martyred at Kington uh, uh, upon Thornbury by one monkeyus, a tyrant, who cut off her head because she would not consent to lie with him. Oh my goodness, monarchy. Um, Monkeys or monkeys. Sounds sort of Roman, but it be Roman. 
Yeah, oh, um, yes, possibly. So she might be a very... Saxon, yes. Yeah, very early Saxon. Raped by a baddie. Or, yeah. or not. Killed, because... killed by a monkey. Well, we'll yes. have to look up monkeys. <laughs> and, and go and dance on his grave. <laughs> but yes, rather lovely. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then the view beyond this, obviously back over the estuary, back over these little farms and um, the bridge. The silence. We should just have... A minute, sort of. That is the silence of the church. That's just beautiful. So that gentle rippling is a stream flowing out of Aldbury on Severn. We're right by the Anchor Inn that you mentioned earlier. That's right. So, you know, this, it's hard to imagine now that the that boats would have come in here, have loaded up from the brickworks and taken bricks out. This is just extraordinary. Obviously, it's sorted up and, well, it's only six feet wide. It's uh, <laughs> two metres wide at best, this yeah. creek now, and um, jackdaws overhead. So this, this, is, this is the way in, and this would have been a port where yeah. we're standing now, which is yeah. now, there's a pub and a car park and very pretty little village of Aldbury on Severn. Uh, I'm going to wander down and have a, a well-earned coffee at the village community, community shop. Community shop, yes. Yeah. What, what you've opened my eyes up to is just looking a bit closer at the human sort of traces. Obviously a graveyard is plenty of traces of, of well, the past. But... Do you know, I think one of the reasons I got into family history was because I love stories. I love, I love stories and every family has them and people think they haven't because they haven't looked into it but I can tell you, give me any family and I can find you know, astonishing stories Fantastic, thank you so much Sarah. Thank you, thank you for letting me share a graveyard with you so few people do <laughs> Let's go graveyard again sometime <laughs> Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations at Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And that was the most delightful way to finish probably one of the loveliest autumn days I've ever had. And I'm delighted to say that Sarah Williams joins us in the podcast studio. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, and we're joining our usual podcast team of Jack and Hannah, without whom this podcast would be lying on the cutting room floor. Hello. Sarah, firstly, I just want to say thank you for opening my eyes to the stories, the human stories hidden in plain sight 
around, you know, just walking in a churchyard and in the village. Um, really wonderful day. Is that, are you, are you a regular churchyard? <laughs> haunter. Uh, haunter, yeah. <laughs> yes. Have you I been am. out since? Well, absolutely. I, I, um, I mean, just generally, a lot of walks will involve you ending up near a village um, with a with a churchyard. Although the walk I did at the weekend, and it was just such glorious weather, I, I, I would be amazed if anyone didn't go for a walk this week. Uh, the past weekend we had, we went to um, Sands Bay Sand Bay Beach, which is just north of Western Supermare. So. Um, it's a sort of a hidden gem and I absolutely love it. It's really calm and it's got these amazing um, reed beds. So you get fantastic birds and a, a wonderful walk up to a peninsula, you know, that rises up. I don't know if you've ever been to Breen Down. It's similar to that, but but sort of less popular, which I quite like. So, you know, we went up and just the sunshine and the, and the, the, the temperature just did not feel like October. And it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I did, I did sort of peer over to a, an old medieval priory, Woodspring Priory is, was the remains of sort of tucked away down in the valley near there. So I did, you know, a bit of bit of sort of communing with with dead people. <laughs> well uh, <laughs> as I tend and that's, to. And that's exactly why we've got you on. <laughs> I'd love you to tell us a bit more about your day job, editor of Who Do You Think You Are magazine, because that is a sort of communing with the past and with um those who've died and gone before us. I love working with I love working in family history and People I meet, you know, my readers are all people wanting to find out more about their past for all sorts of reasons. I mean, it's just a great hobby for starters. Anyone who likes a jigsaw puzzle is going to love family history because you're piecing all these little pieces together. But it can also have quite a surprising effect, making you feel very grounded, actually. I think family historians tend to have a really good sense of, um, you know, where they have come from and what that means so that, you know, and that sense of progression of, you know, I, I just think that it's um, a very interesting hobby. And so what I do is we create a magazine that just gives people tips on how to do that research and explains some of the records that are going online and how to use them and how to get the most of them and also how to interpret them so that you're not just, you know, like on our walk, you're not just looking at a gravestone. You're thinking, what does that mean? And, and you know, what's the biggest story behind this? I think that's really interesting because, I mean, I've never really dug into my family's history, uh, but I, I guess because it seems quite daunting and possibly would end up quite quickly in an Irish bog somewhere in, <laughs> in the west, west of Ireland. So um, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to start. So sort of picking up your magazine would give me the sort of starting, the, the toolkit to start un, unravelling this detective story. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, our website, you can just, uh, we've got lots of tutorials online um, and we have a weekly newsletter. So any sort of new record releases that come out, I know whenever I say record releases, sounds like, <laughs> sounds yeah. like I work in a completely different industry. But no, our record releases are things like, you know, graveyard uh, names and things like that. We're like, woohoo, <laughs> very exciting. We love it. But yeah, no, there's, there's so much exciting stuff. And, you know, I think one of the great things about, um, you know, it is an internet hobby now, really. I mean, we still go to archives and there's still a lot of amazing stuff in the archives. But what's opening that up? Is it becoming... Is it being digitized? And I think 
I think that's going to really transform it so that it's not just, um, you know, in the past, people who knew their family history tended to be quite posh. <laughs> that was it. If you could go back to the sort of 16th century, 17th century, you were probably sort of landed gentry and you've had that in your written out. And now with more and more stuff being digitized, there's some fascinating records. You know, we've just been doing something about the Civil War petitions that came out after the English Civil War. So we're talking 1600s here. And in the past, if you had someone involved in in the English Civil War that you knew about in your family history, it was probably because they were some general, you know, they were someone really high up in, in, um, in the army. But now, you know, they're finding tucked away in quarter sessions records in the archives, all these petitions that really ordinary people sent in saying, I need some money because my husband was killed fighting for the king or fighting for parliament. And I've got these are my children. And then you get other ones that describing how someone died saying, look, his widow is, is due some money because I was there when he died and his last words were this, you know, wonderful stuff. And that's sort of material is being indexed and digitized. So, you know, you, there's a lot of stuff out there. And of course, the usual things, which are parish records and, and census records. So, so people have known about these things, um, but it's only really became become more accessible because it's been digitized. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I mean, I mean the, really, the really big thing is, is newspapers. So in the past, the advice, when I launched the magazine, in 2007, so I've been doing this for quite a while, um, you know, we would say if you wanted to go to an archive and find your ancestors in newspapers, I mean, you can't just go through every newspaper on the off chance. You tended to look for a birth announcement, marriage announcement or an obituary. So you're looking for specific things. But now they've been digitized and they use this really clever sort of optical, optical character recognition, OCR, and uh, they can read millions of pages of newspapers all at once. So you now can search newspapers and find out things that you weren't expecting to find. You know, you can just put in a name and find, and it's all the local papers. So it's, you know, village cricket matches, but it's also, you know, people who've been in a fray or, you know, people who've joined a committee, <laughs> all sorts of stuff you can find. And it's, it's quite lovely. And it's just showing the ordinary people getting on with their ordinary lives. And they sometimes lead you on to other things like criminal records. Yeah, that's what I'd be afraid of. I think <laughs> best, best, best not go searching down that route. Um, Hannah and Jack, have you ever searched into your family records, uh, into your past? Um, I know that my nana did a bit of searching a little while ago, and she found out that our side of the family, we used to have castles in Ireland. Um, and when the man who doesn't like mince pies came into power, he gave them all to his mates. Cromwell. Cromwell. That's the one. I yes. was going to say, yeah, we're yeah. back to English Civil War time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I wonder if your ancestors bossed about my ancestors. Yeah, I was wondering if your bog was yeah. at the bottom and of that so castle. so the cycle continues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I might need a rebellion. Who's, who's with me, Jack? Uh, Jack, how about you? What are, is the, Do the Batemans have uh, Well, I'm me and my mum had a little look back through our family history. There wasn't anything too exciting, no riches or anything to find. There was one nice story, though, that one of our great, like, three-time great-grandparents met whilst they were working in a hotel in Bath, which was quite a nice thing to find out. I think one guy uh, ran a lemonade factory. That's cool. 
I How mean, so there's some cool little much. Well, there's some cool little nuggets, but uh, <laughs> yeah, little nuggets. No, no related to the Queen or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have to have ancestors be descended from royalty to have an interesting family history. <laughs> I, I did discover there was. I've got an ancestor called Cornelius Collins who went from Ireland to America, and wrote, apparently rode with Buffalo Bill. But um, that's that's about it of the excitement. That's and then good. it's all back to the deep rural mists of time where little is recorded. Um, how fascinating. And also, I mean, it's like we planned it, but we're, this, we're releasing this podcast at the same time that there's a new series of Who Do You Think You Are coming out. And I am hoping, Sarah, that you can tell us a little bit about that. Well, yes, it's it, it's. They've had quite a time trying to film these episodes, as you can imagine, with lockdown. So the last series was was just the, you know, the four episodes, whatever, that they had managed to film before lockdown. And now these are the, some completed. So there's not as much overseas travel as there would normally be. And on the whole, it's a younger demographic doing it, um, you know, who are happy to do the filming. But there will be Judy Dench. So um, that's very exciting. So she'll be, um, we don't want to miss that. She she heads back to Denmark and a little a little Hamlet connection. So Ooh. that's all rather lovely. <laughs> Judy, Judy, you're not Judy. We would really like to have her in the podcast if we could, um, do you think she'd join us? <laughs> not after that pun. <laughs> Can I make that pun again? So, so we've got the great Judy Dench. Who else is appearing in the new series? Oh, yeah, we've got... Um, well, there was Josh Widdicombe, so who's already will have had his episode has aired, um, and he does go back to English Civil War, so there's quite a nice story there. And then we'll have Judy Dench. We've got uh, Joe Sugg, who's a YouTuber. Um, Alex Scott, who heads off to she's the footballer and presenter. Um, she heads off to Jamaica. We've got Ed Balls. He he heads off to Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting stuff. So, um, yeah, lots of exciting stories. And uh, Pixie Lot, she has, uh, I think in her episode, they said they've never seen so many workhouse records connected to one family. So it's the Irish in London. And Mm. um, that's going to be, get your hankies out for that one, I think. But they survive, you know, they get through and, and Pixie Lot is evidence of that. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's going to have that usual mix of um, you know people discovering they're descended from royalty, and people finding actually they're descended from family who survived incredibly difficult times. And there'll also be the usual um, trips to churchyards that is often happens in in episodes of Who Do You Think You Are. And I think that's you know one of the things where people get that chance to stand there at someone's final resting place and it's a nice full stop to a journey that that people go on to say and this this is the end you know you found out about this person and and in a way they they can come alive in these stories and then like we did you know you you can go to a churchyard and see that final resting place it was i find it fascinating that the graves could also could be an extension of that story you could tell how the person had died and when the person had died by how the grave looked like being able to decipher a graveyard in that way must be must be like reading a book for you (laughs) it is it's it is really interesting and I mean things that 
we didn't get a chance to see going around that graveyard. There's another one with a lighthouse because the guy was a lighthouse. So, you know, people like to leave these little messages behind because it's someone really important to them and their life was really important. And it's it's a way of marking that. And, you know, it's lovely that relationships are also captured on these um, uh, gravestones. And I really love that as well. Yeah. You're a grave whisperer. I think <laughs> it's what we, we should call it. But I, I, I think, I mean, that just that comment on that final gravestone, she was it she did her best. She tried her best. She did her best. She did what she, did she what, could. She did what she could. Yeah. And you know, one of the it's things just... I really wanted uh, to say, I had sort of, you know, in the whole excitement of it, I had failed to go back that I was following her right back in the census. And um, there was an earlier census which showed at 12, and this is what happened at 12 in those days, she was sent out to be um, a, a, a servant in someone's house. So she was just sent out to be a servant. And I suddenly realised that 10 years on, so at 12 she's a servant, 10 years on she's married to a painter, decorator. And I sort of think, well, do you know, I wonder how she met him. And he'd obviously would have gone to, to the house at some point and they met that way. And I thought she did what she could there as well. <laughs> there she yeah. was. Without many prospects, very difficult. You'd be sort of apprenticed out. And at 12, with uh, no, you weren't given a salary. You were just given bed and board and expected to learn. You know, they called it an apprenticeship. It was not. But you were expected to sort of learn the skills of, of being a housewife and often treated quite badly. Although she stayed local, so I suspect that she would have been protected by the community a bit and they probably wasn't treated too badly, but it was a difficult life. I sort of am expecting you to go back to that gravestone with a chisel on something and say... I was going to clean she, up. It she, did need or, to clean or, up. Or, or just put at the end, she did pretty darn well. <laughs> and I think that would have been a nice sort of final, final act. But um, no, thank you. That's so really, it's so interesting. And I'm definitely, you know, I don't normally hang around in graveyards, as I think I admitted to you, but um, certainly it's going to encourage me to to stoop amongst the stones and see what tales can be found because it's got lots those of broken great branches. little churchyards. And Sarah, what's the name of your website? We know the name of your magazine. So what, what's the web address well, for people to go and hunt down more <laughs> It's info? not hard to find, but it is. you can just Google it, but it's whodoyouthinkyouaremagazine.com. <laughs> oh, we don't like to leave any stone unturned. <laughs> it's quite long. but We've got just a little bit of time to do a bit of post-bag digging. Yeah, you're having a deep delve this this week. I've had a deep dive again. I've dived in and I've got another one. And it's linked back to our recurring theme, it seems to be this series, of the mystery black cats. And uh, this a letter is from Papa Razzi. Um I think, <laughs> I think that's a fake name. Not a, uh, but they've written in to say... They are not actual big cats, they're disguises that the enemy, aka the dark side, uses to avoid detection, in the same league as UFOs, ghosts and Bigfoot, best described by this Star Trek saying, it's life Jim, but not as we know it. Having said the above, many years ago my family of five stopped off and wandered through the woodland in the West Country. I walked off with our youngest daughter and got slightly lost, when suddenly I could swear we both heard the roar of a big cat. We ran like hell and were glad to see our parked car in the distance and all of us jumped in. We drove away from Bodmin Moor ASAP. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. Thanks, paparazzi. 
for uh, that um, really interesting insight into uh, into you, really. Um, but yeah, that's um, look. Everyone has their theories. That's the most outlandish we've had so far. Um, please keep them coming. We would like to hear more sort of eyewitness sightings of mystery big cats in the countryside or any other mystery animals that you may have come across. And you'd, it's definitely something we will come out and do a podcast on if we think it's a good one. So do send them to me, uh, my email address, editor at countryfile.com, and love to hear your thoughts and stories. Hannah, how about you? Well, from the ridiculous to the sublime. There's nothing ridiculous about my letter. <laughs> I have a letter here from Fiona Dunan. She says, just to let you know that I absolutely love the podcasts. The ultimate was the recent one from my owner. I live in rural West Wales, but hope that the podcasts bring a breath of country air to people living in urban settings. Thank you, Fiona. That's lovely to hear and really glad that you're enjoying the podcast. We always re- it always cheers us up when we get a nice positive feedback like that. So also, if you have enjoyed the podcast, do leave likes and feedback on whichever podcast provider you use. It- really helps us. Um, and that's about it for the podcast this week. I do, though, have a little country joke for you. Oh, no. It is an animal walks into a bar joke. A duck walks into a bar and orders a pint of beer. And the barman says, oh, that'll be £10, please, mate. And the duck sort of wipes his brow, pays up and uh, drinks the pint. A guy standing beside him at the bar goes, Blimey, it's a talking duck. We don't get many of them in here. And the duck says, not surprised at £10 a pint. No, no, please. (laughs) Please. I thought it was going to be like, put it on the bill, but um, yeah. <laughs> it went somewhere entirely different. I know, different. I know. I, I was expecting bill for the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gum. No, and I'm glad to have, I'm glad to have thwarted your, um, <laughs> your yes, expectations. Your jokes always go off in uh, slightly unexpected. It's excellent, excellent. No. <laughs> and on that happy note, <laughs> it's time to say goodbye. Thanks so much for listening. And join us next week where we're off again into the countryside for another podcast adventure.